Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Um, it's going rather well. Thank you for asking. <laughs> is that a surprise that I asked you? <laughs> yeah, I was shocked. I was like, wow, I don't even know what to say. How's it going? <laughs> oh, gee. You really put me in a spot. Wow, that came out of the blue. What? <laughs> <laughs> Today we are chatting about Recipe for Persuasion by Sonali Dev. But first, Mom, what have you been reading and watching? Okay, well, after Boyfriend Material... I squoze in a book, squeezed. Squeeze. <laughs> I like squoze. <laughs> um, I read Say Yes to the Duke, which is one of the wilds of Linlow Castle. By Eloise James. By Eloisa James. And um, it was good. It was fun. That's been a fun series. I, you know, some of them I like better than others, but. Um, and then I read today's book, Recipe for Persuasion. I read more than you. Oh, you did. You did. Um, I read... Because you're more tenacious than I am. I am. I read two Amy Harmon books. I read Where the Lost Wander, which is her kind of organ trail set book. Um, I bawled. Like a surprising, surprising no one. Um, I, it was really good. It's, um, it was fun to read a historical fiction with some romantic elements that was not, that was different from other historicals that we're used to yeah. reading. And where people experienced some freaking hardships. And, um... Because we've read, like, Old West uh, yeah. historicals, but we haven't ever read anything, like, It's really good. Pioneering. It's, um, it's, he is half Pawnee, Native American, and half white, and then she is a you know, white pioneer girl. And um, just, like, the way that her family takes him in is really sweet, and then their romance is very sweet. And um, I really liked it a lot. And Amy Harmon had an author note talking about how she was kind of inspired by some of her own pioneer ancestors. And right after that, I looked at some of my ancestry, which also has... A lot of pioneers. A lot of pioneers in it. And um, it was it was just nice to kind of have that little connection. Um, and then the other Amy Harmon book that I read was The First Girl Child, which is one of her fantasy books. It's kind of Norse mythology fantasy. So it's, it's fantasy light, but there's a lot of runes that they use mm -hmm. and a lot of Praying to Odin and things like that. Um, oh, and Odin. isn't that a Thor thing? Hey, oh. Yeah. Base, and yeah, there are a lot of praying to Thor as well. A lot of mentions. Thor, I, I, Thor prayed gets... to, I prayed to myself many times. <laughs> you know, Please, Chris Hemsworth. Well, there's a difference between Chris Hemsworth and Thor. Um, but uh, the premise is basically that when this guy is, this kid is born. His mother curses all the land that there will be no women born, no no girls born to, on um, in the land, and like ever. Yeah, well, that's gonna help. that's gonna help the population right there. <laughs> well, that's was her intention because she says that women get treated badly, so that this land should not be blessed with with any girls. Um, and then there's this girl that's mysteriously born, and so anyway, it it was it was good. Um. 
very different from any other Amy Harmon book I read, and it's just kind of like amazing that she can flit from yeah, she all does. these different She's kind of all over the place, yeah. isn't she? Which um, I'm not I'm saying is a good thing. I mean that's yeah. uh but yeah, so admirable. I I really enjoyed both of them. I surprisingly did not cry in the first girl child, although there probably could have been some moments where maybe I, I might have, but um but yeah wins in both columns there. Um, and then for watching, really the only thing of note that we watched this week was we finished The Queen's Gambit. I think we had started it last yeah, time. It was good. It was really good. Um, very girl power-y, I would say. Um, and you have to wade through a lot of muck. Yes, you do. She goes on a journey, that girl. Yeah. Um, but she does a really good job. The Anya Taylor-Joy, she did a really, she good, a job. really good job. And her clothes are amazing. Amazing. And, um, yeah, we really liked it, so. Um, we did watch Animaniacs. Oh, yeah, we did start some <laughs> of the new Animaniacs, which has some, like, 90s nostalgia, definitely, for us. Um, we were fans when it was originally on, and so the new one is, it's very meta, which we get on board with, and it was, it's really funny. I thought it was really funny. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we've been. We 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 enjoyed it. It's funny, we did. and it's funny because I don't know that I paid as close attention when you kids were watching it when yeah. you were younger because you know it's one of those things you put on and then I would walk go, away from be barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen as I was <laughs> joking. I was not um, only a couple times. I, it was too cold times. to be barefoot, but I was pregnant. <laughs> um, and then uh, so sitting down and watching it, you know, as a grown up watching it, there it's freaking hilarious there's some hilarious stuff in there and it all goes really fast what i watch it with subtitles on because it helps you to keep up with some of the yeah it's very fast-paced show that that animaniacs um other thing of note that happened this week um you guys know mom and i have been on a bit of a health journey i'm calling it um good call and uh this week i bought a new bra and i went from a double D to a C. I haven't been a C since I was in high school. And I've always bemoaned my larger chesticles. Um, I was going to say breasts, and that sounded weird, but then chesticles sounds weirder. Do you think? Um, Do you think the made-up word sounds weirder <laughs> than the actual word? But it's just very strange for me that, I don't know, this, it's the, that's the weird thing about losing weight is like your body starts to feel very different, foreign to you. <laughs> it's like, I tell Ellen, I feel taller. Like I walk down the hallway and I feel like, I feel like I'm taller than I used to be. I don't know where that's coming from. <laughs> well, and I don't know if it's cause it's getting colder, but like, I just feel my arms and everything feels slender. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just. It's a strange process. It's and it's good, but it is it does it is strange just to kind of it is good. Yeah. I mean, we both feel better. Yes, we definitely both do. And mom and I often are like, gosh, it really frustrates me that everything people say about eating better and moving more is like makes it, you f feel better. It Ugh. works. Gosh, darn it. <laughs> I feel like I have more energy, and I don't get sick as sick often. Ugh, so dumb. Anyway, um, so that that's the update. There is, I went down two cup sizes. 
mainly. That was just what I wanted to tell you guys. That's of note this week. That's so of that's... note. <laughs> that's... Hey, wow. it is of note. In the world of Ellen, that is a big deal. Like I said. Actually, it's a smaller deal. So, hey, hey now. Um, but yeah, like I said, since high school, I have not been that small. It's weird. Anyway, let's talk about this book. Yeah, seriously. We read a book? What? <laughs> we do that sometimes. So today we're chatting, as mentioned, about Recipe for Persuasion by Sonali Dev. It is the second book in her series about the Rajeshes. I'm not sure. I'm Rajas. Um, I'm going to butcher a lot of things, I think, in this Wait, book. Wait, this is the... Se- who, who was the first the book? The first book, uh, which we actually got a copy of at KissCon, is Pride, Prejudice, and Other Flavors. Oh. I forgot we even got that. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Sonali Dev. Um, there's a, the problem is we get we got a lot of books at KissCon and things like that, but um, because we don't read hard copy books, sometimes <laughs> It's we so print- hard for me to read an uh, actual paper book because I, <laughs> I always want to make the print bigger. Um, okay. So here is the back cover description for Recipe for Persuasion. Shev Ashna Raje uh, desperately needs a new strategy. How else can she save her beloved restaurant and prove to her estranged, overachieving mother that she isn't a complete screw-up? When she's asked to join the cast of Cooking with the Stars, the latest hit reality show teaming chefs with celebrities, it seems like just the leap of faith she needs to put her restaurant back on the map. She's a chef. What's the worst that could happen? Rico Silva, that's what. Being paired with a celebrity who was her first love, the man who ghosted her at the worst possible time in her life, only proves what Ashna has always believed. Leaps of faith are a recipe for disaster. FIFA-winning soccer star Rico Silva isn't too happy to be paired with Ashna either. Losing Ashna years ago almost destroyed him. The only sliver... A silver lining to this bizarre situation is that he can finally prove to Ashna that he's definitely over her. But when their catastrophic catastrophic first meeting goes viral, social media becomes obsessed with their chemistry. The competition on the show is fierce, and so is the simmering desire between Ashna and Rico. Every minute they spend together rekindles feelings that pull them toward their disastrous past. Will letting go again be another recipe for heartbreak or a recipe for persuasion? In Recipe for Persuasion, Snolly Dev once again takes readers on an unforgettable adventure in this fresh, fun, and enchanting romantic comedy. Mom, what did you think of Recipe for Persuasion? I'm going to give this one a liked. Um, It's not a love. Yeah. But, and it took me a while to get into all this story. Um, so it was a little slow grinding at the beginning, Yeah, but when all was said and done, I think I really liked it. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll go with a, I, I liked this one a great deal. <laughs> we have a, wow. We have, a, we have quite the <laughs> scale. <laughs> well, hey. You know, it's it's our show. We can do what we want. Yeah, we can um, say whatever we want. So I liked this one a great deal. I think it's a bit heavier than I was expecting, but I can't even say heavier than I was looking for because I just read two Amy Harmon books, so obviously I'm not averse to reading heavy books. Um, this one, though, came out of the blue. Like, I was yeah. reading, I was like, whoa, you know, like... There's a lot of... Oh, my gosh. It's just chock full of heavy stuff. There's suicide, alcoholism, uh, abandonment issues. There's parents dying in plane crashes. There's 
I mean, no one had living parents, yeah. right? Everybody had died in some... The, the cousin who was in an accident that took away his ability to walk for a while. <laughs> There's just Rico's dead parents. There's... I mean, uh, spoiler alert, there's issues of rape and yeah. other things. It was not a light, fluffy book. And, no. you know, with the little cutesy drawn cover. Yeah, we're going to talk about the marketing for this book because that was the overwhelming comment on the, the listener feedback. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it does... it did take me also a while to kind of wade through some of the, I'm going to say the word muck, but I'm not saying that is a bad thing. I'm just saying it was a lot to kind of slog right. through. And it which... kind of all came together in the end, of course, but it, the story was just kind of all over the place. I mean, each yeah. time I started a chapter, I was like, who, who are we talking about now? And mm -hmm. what time period is this? And what's going on? Yeah, it jumps around in... POV quite a bit and in time quite a bit, which once I realized that it was happening, I would just kind of orient myself every, at the beginning of every chapter. I'm like, okay, so this is, we're in the past with Shobi or, right. um, and things like that. But, um, but yeah, that, that took, so yes, there was that. And then also the romance itself, um, and this is marketed as a romance, so I was expecting a romance, which it is, but you really don't start to get into the romance until, like, 70% of the way through the book. There's mentions of it, but I don't, I didn't get, I didn't start to get their chemistry or what it was that was happening between them until, until about 70% of the yeah. way through the book. And and even... And even when they were working together and, like, to working together on the show, I'll say, yeah. um, there was so much that I was like, I, I don't understand what's going on. I'm not sure why she's saying this, but thinking this, and there was, I don't know, there was a lot of... Yeah. We should mention that this is a light adaptation of Persuasion, which we're also going to talk about. So, I suppose that kind of gave me some context as to the direction in which it was headed. Um, or at least I could assume some right con contextual direction. Um, but it was, it was very, I guess how I, how I felt it was unclear for a very long time what it was that Rico was looking to have happen by seeking her out again right is that fair to say yeah because well he went into it you know oh i was thinking he went into it like i got to get her back because she's the love of my life yeah and then when he but got he there would say like he'd closure. say things like i just need closure i just need her to apologize for what she did and, and i'm like okay so we're not trying to hook up i don't understand mm -hmm. you know so there was a lot of that kind of going back and forth mm -hmm. and then her feelings on the situation were also unclear for a long time. And I think part of that is because... Well, I think the author was trying to keep, like, the whole story kind of... Cloaked yeah. a bit as to what happened between, between them, them and what caused kind of the rift. Um, so, yeah. But it made it a little confusing yes. as far as the story goes. it did. 
Um, okay. So let's just, let's dive in because we're starting to touch on some of the questions. What did you think of Ashna as our heroine? Ashna was a freaking hot mess. And I left this book thinking, I hope that girl's getting therapy. I mean, you know, she was in a pretty good place, like right at the end, but she still was suffering. We're say- and we say hot mess in the, the kindest possible right. way. She was a sweet girl and um, I think she had very good intentions, but her childhood was just a freaking yeah. disaster. I was telling mom, like, she was a hot mess, but she had due cause. Yeah. I to mean, be she had a, good reasons yeah, to be a hot and, mess. And she definitely needs some professional guidance. Um, but this is, she's not one of those heroines where it's like, girl, get over it. You right. know, it's like, okay, I get why, why we're still <laughs> hanging on to some of these problems because they, they creep up well, o- her often. Childhood was disastrous. I mean, yeah. her mother kept leaving her yep. and she'd leave her with her alcoholic father who yep. was awful, an awful person. Yeah. And, um, then like he committed suicide knowing that she was going to be the one, I mean, to find her body. It's like his, his final selfish act. I mean, uh, because she was the only one around that was going to find him. And so then she's got like PTSD, obviously, from finding yeah. her Well, and from thinking dad. that it's like her fault, which, you know, it's no, it's nobody's fault but his. He, right. made, he made that decision. Um, they, they come to find out that, you know, and I like when her and her mom kind of reconvene and and figure out what exactly had happened and you know she she has the realization you know like maybe it was me maybe it was her thing and maybe it was just a combination or maybe it was just a culmination of his alcoholism that just finally got to him and um however he talked about killing people and killing himself a lot. Like he would, like in front of his ten-year-old daughter, yeah, he's he like, like held "If up. you go with your mom, I'm gonna kill myself." And it was like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah, her no dad was she, a dick. No and... wonder she screwed up. Yeah, but the, I gotta give the author some credit in that she did a good job of flopping her parents on us because you really go into the beginning of the book thinking her dad was the good guy and her mom was horrible, mm-hmm. and then you really realize, you know, as the story goes on, that that was a flop. Her dad was. Yeah. A horrible person. And her mom was just really trying to survive. Yeah. Yeah. The best way she could. Yes. Um, yeah. So, Ashley, I just kind of spent the whole book just, like, wanting to stroke her hair and say, like, honey, let's... And let's... the fact that her dad's go-to was, let's put this guy in jail. I mean, for everything. Yeah. We're going to destroy him and put him in jail. Well, no, it was... It was Shobi's dad that first did that. I know, did that. But then he did the same thing. Yeah. With, uh... Rico, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, her dad was not a great guy. Um, so, Ashna, yeah. And that's my other thing is that there was always kind of some, I don't feel like I got to know her that well as a person. And I don't know if it's just because of the distance of all her baggage, but um, it felt like kind of all of her baggage kind of defined her and I wanted to get to know more of her. Well, they kept describing, she kept kind of, I kept thinking of her as this kind of shy, introverted, standoffish, dealing with her issues, but then she was super open with people and she would run up and hug people. And and so it was like a paradox, the, her, her, um, the way she was described in the story 
Well, and I and Didn't I make suppose a lot of sense. like a big part of you know her and Rico is that he's trying to get her to be herself again because you know she feels like she's lost that and he feels like she's lost that. Um, so I don't know if we could have used more flashbacks to what she was really like or if um, I don't know. I I just felt like I didn't I didn't quite ever get her as a person, if that makes sense. Is that yeah, fair? Yeah, yeah. And even, even when they would talk about her in high school, when the fact that she had a secret boyfriend and she was secretly playing soccer. soccer, didn't anyone notice that she was just never around? Because those are two things that would take up a lot well, of time. she's got two absentee parents, so She does have two not. absentee parents, and she was kind of shifted between homes a lot, so. Yeah. Um, okay, what did you think of Frederico as our hero? Okay, now him, I liked. Um, I will always love someone who's modeled after Captain Wentworth. Just (laughs) put that out there. Yeah, did you see that I highlighted the quotes in there? Yes, I did. (laughs) Um, no, I thought he seemed great. I, I was all over that. And like we mentioned, I, there was a lot of times where I was not sure sure what his intentions were um also dead parents by the way yeah but he had a much healthier relationship he had a very healthy relationship with his parents which made him a much you know stronger individual i think yeah more stabilized individual um but yeah he was just really sweet with her even like when and this is what i always love about persuasion too is he's sweet with her even when he doesn't want to be like he just can't help himself can't help it can't help himself um and so i i liked that about him you know like he keeps saying that he saves her from the knife just because of reflexes but it's like mm, it's i don't think it's just he likes sucking on those toes Isn't that a <laughs> yeah, thing <he> said? <laughs> apparently um yeah so i just thought he was really sweet with her and patient with her and um and just kind of him trying to help her, like I said, get back to, you know, the Ashna that he knew and and fell in love with and things like that. So I thought that was sweet. Um, any other thoughts on him? He also sounded hot. That he always did, helps. He did sound hot. And yeah. in pain. So poor baby. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that knee did not sound hot. No. That sound painful. Especially when it was like blowing up to the size of a melon. It's like, Ugh. I will say, however, that I knew he was going to end up working for. Oh, that as soon as they were like, he needs a campaign director. And then they show that Rico's got this kind of like PR savvy. I'm like, so he's going to be the he's campaign. He's going to be working for her cousin. That's cute. That's a cool. Yeah. And speaking of this family transition. with all their disasters, yeah. they also are like the most accomplished people I've ever yeah. seen. Brain ever. surgeon, chef. <laughs> Neuro- uh, neurosurgeon. Governor. Chef. Yeah. Running for governor, you know, with apparently the greatest platform ever that no one could ever and think of. And a clairvoyant. <laughs> <laughs> and there was the yoga, like the the first yoga instructor in California or well, something. Well, they're not related to them, though, right? Like, I don't know. She was her friend. Yeah. Um, but there was, and then TV producer and, yeah. you know, all these people are like crazy accomplished. I'm like, wow, I feel like. That's how it is in Northern California, right, to- We all are. <laughs> Just so you know. We're all super accomplished <laughs> and we're all writing for governor. And <laughs> Yeah, that's how it goes. Um, okay. What did you think of this book as an adaptation of persuasion so i should say persuasion like gun to my head if someone asks me what my favorite book is persuasion is usually my answer i i love it i've read it 
probably more than any other book, maybe at least tied with Pride and Prejudice, it's possible. Um, but I just think Persuasion is Jane Austen's best book, in my opinion, and that ending will just get me every time. Well, I've never read the book. However, I have seen the two adaptations well, of it multiple here, times. Here's the thing, though, is because I don't feel like there's... So there's a new Persuasion adaptation coming out, and I am, like crossing my fingers that this one gets it right. I think that the 1995 one with Amanda Root is the most... And Syrian Hines. And Syrian Hines is the most faithful, but it is so quiet and mellow that I wish it was a little bit more passionate. Um, now, you get the passion in the 2007 one with Rupert Henry Jones, who is also a Fox. Um, and somebody on the, like, I think the director of it or something called him Sex on Legs. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I get that. Um, so that one's got Sally Hawkins and Rupert Henry Jones. And while I, I like the passion in that one, it butchers the ending and I will never forgive it for that because (laughs) I freaking love the ending of Persuasion and I think it's perfect and so when they have her freaking running all over the place it drives me crazy um so if the people who are making the new one are listening do (laughs) not sure they are which I'm sure they are do not screw it up because I freaking I love Is that it a ending. modern adapt ad that adaptation? Yes, no, I don't word. believe so. Okay, so they're remaking I believe I think that is what is happening. Okay. I'm not sure. Don't hold me to that. Um so now you're asking me how I th- what I thought of this. I like I said, I've not read the book. However, um I don't remember it being this angsty. No, it's definitely not this angsty. Um I I liked the kind of like double you get, like, two for the price of one because both her and her mother have kind of persuasion-esque stories right. of second chance romance and all that. Um, so I liked that. Um, and I think it's a good idea, especially when you're doing modern, especially, yeah, especially modernizing a Jane Austen. It can be difficult. So I, I like the idea of doing kind of a more loose adaptation and um, and I also like that he knew he was pulling a Captain Wentworth because that just made him so much hotter. But um, but yeah, so I it's not this angsty. There were a couple things where I'm like, okay, so Song is obviously supposed to be like the Louisa Har- Hargrove oh, yeah. and um, and different things like that. Um, but you know, it's it's still very much, and you ha- and you do have the kind of miscommunication as to. Why they split up, although I think that's less a, a factor in the Jane Austen persuasion. Um, and things with... Well, the Jane Austen one, she was just kind of talked out of it. Yeah. Which, this one, it... So, in this, she wasn't talked out of it as much as there was miscommunication. Right. Um, and, I mean, that's the whole thing, is persuasion. She was persuaded to... To leave him. Hence the name. Hence the name. Um, and this, it just seems like he thought she was persuaded to leave him. And she thought he was persuaded. Yeah. Did I say that right? Yes. They so both they thought they were persuaded to leave each other. Each other. Um, and, yeah, so I think it works. And, um, and 
I like that it's always defined as a loose adaptation. Um, but, you know, the key components are there. Yeah, so yeah. I think she can still call it an adaptation. Um, okay, let's talk about the marketing of this book. Because it comes up quite a bit in the listener comments. Um, you know, I read the back cover description and the last thing on there was, it's a fresh, fun, and enchanting romantic comedy. No, this was not a fun book. <laughs> I was going to say agree or disagree. Uh, here's here's what I think is going on. Not that that made it bad. I mean, no. it just, that's but not I think, at all how I would describe I this book. I do not think you can describe it as that and then be surprised when people are like, this is not a freaking romantic comedy. I seriously went in the first chapter when she's talking about how her dad shot himself in the head. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is really taking a dark turn quickly. quickly. And and um, and then it never really turned back much because it was just one thing like that after another. Here's what I think is happening. And we talked about this, I think, with, um, oh, gosh, what the friend zone. I think this came up with the friend zone as well. Here's what I think is happening, you guys. I think that, especially with these kind of trade um, paperback illustrated covers that are kind of becoming the thing right now, I think they're trying to advertise to literary fiction readers and not romance readers. And for a literary fiction reader... I suppose this could be, in contrast, a more light, fun, romantic comedy because you have the elements of a reality show. Now, point me in the direction of what part of this is comedy. <laughs> there's a couple, like I, because I, because I was looking for this, I was. There's a couple lines that are somewhat humorous, and there's. I think just the presence of cooking with the stars is supposed to be kind of light and frivolous. Um, but that's such an inconsequential part of the book <laughs> that I I don't get it. But I think that this, I think that all of that description is just to appeal, is just to give literary fiction readers an idea of that this is a lighter book than you usually read. And I think for a lot of literary fiction readers, this is a lighter, more frivolous book than they read. But when you've got... Here's the thing. Romance readers, we we read romance for a reason. We like the happy... And this has a happily ever after and things like that. But we like some escapism and, and fun. And so... I think Rome, to, to call this a rom-com and have your target audience be romance readers because that is the target audience. I mean, that's at least who's going to read read it the most. I think that is to do it a gross disservice personally. Yeah. I mean, like if they made a movie of this book, it would not be a rom-com. No. I mean, that, that would not. It would be a very interesting movie because you would have like these cooking scenes and then you'd have these other scenes and then rape scenes and then... <laughs> yeah, which are... <laughs> yeah this this movie would be all over the place it would be. um so i think this book reads more like literary fiction i don't know if that's just because you have both of her story and her mom's story um and that is more of a literary fiction thing than a romance thing um but 
for sure it's not a rom-com. No. I think we can all agree on that. So to have that as like a pull quote is strange to me. Well, it's mis yeah. misleading it's, at yes. best. And, and we've run into this before, especially lately with these illustrated covers and the, you know, that's been a common thing lately of, like, the cover is not at all what I was expecting with this that one. Make it look fun. What was the one we, I know you hate it when I do this. Um, the one that we read, I can't remember what, what it was called, but his parents died, like, in the first chapter of the book, and then he was raising his brother and sister or something, and she was the attorney that was helping him. I, I can't remember. Oh, um... Gosh, dang it. I know which one. Because that was another one that was really advertised as like rom-com. And it's like, whoa, this is not. Well, that's that's the problem. Like we've talked about this before, but with the illustrated covers. I like the illustrated covers, but they come across poppy and light and you need to use them correctly. Yeah. And um, I think you can have an illustrated cover that doesn't come across that way. And I don't even think necessarily that the cover is the problem here. I think that this is a fine cover for what the book is. But I think the more problem here is, I think just marketing of these books needs to figure their stuff out a little bit better. Yeah. Publishers need to hire you. You need to be hired <laughs> sure, by a publisher. there you go. Um, but that that's what I'll say on that. And as a lot of listeners point out, I, I think that's especially a, a hard pill to swallow right now because right. we've talked before too about how just a lot of people are having a hard time with like kind of more angsty books right now. And so to pick up a book that is described as a rom-com and then get this is a bit of a bait and switch, yeah. I think. Um. Okay, let's talk about Ashna and Shobi's, I hope I'm at least getting that mildly correct, relationship. Um, who is in the right? Or is the point of the book that there not always is a right? Well, I don't think her mom was always right. But I could see how after what she'd been through, she felt strongly that she needed to help make a change in the world because she'd been through some stuff. And... Um, and I think that's what her driving force was, is like, I don't want other girls to have, because her and, what was her aunt's name? Mina. Mina. Even had the conversation of, you know, when she was finding out that she was pregnant, she's like, what if it's a girl? And, um, you know, this whole thought of, I don't want to have, bring could, a you girl imagine, into yeah, this world. could you imagine being a mother who doesn't want to have a girl baby because of the way women are treated? And mm -hmm. so I get what she was trying to do. And I think... Um, you know, and her whole point was, I was hoping that when you became an adult, you would understand why I did what I did. And um, so I think that, yeah, I think I was, I mean, I started out the book thinking, oh, her mother's terrible. How could she leave her all the time? And da 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 da, mm -hmm. da And, you know, this was horrible. And, um, but her mom even says, I begged you to come with me. And then you got to the point where you didn't want to. So I stopped asking. Mm -hmm. um, so... You know, I, I don't think her mother was as horrible or as as she had her in her brain, even. Yeah. What I think Sonali Dev did a good job with is showing that mothers are just women, too. Yeah. You know, and they're people. Well, with... not your mother, but yeah, I get no, it. No, she's a horrible swamp monster. No, no. 
No, no. She's like a superhero. <laughs> okay. Wonder Mother. <laughs> Wonder Mother. That's not the direction I was going. Totally um, the way I would go. No, but, um, you know, women and humans with thoughts and feelings and aspirations and all these things. And I think especially in the culture where they're coming from, where, you know, there's even, I think, I think it's fair to say that there's kind of some more strictures that are placed on, on women, um, that, uh, and I really like the, the, where Mina kind of pulls her Ashna aside before she talks to her mom and just says, you girls need to remember that you, you look at us, on us with the eye, I'm not getting, I'm not, this is not a direct quote, but it's basically the gist. Like, you look on us with your modern sensibilities and forget that it's us who Made these paved the way for, yeah. for you to, to have the, your modern sensibilities, you know, and to, to have that perspective because we fought to, like, get you here. And I really liked that. And, you know, I was, I was thinking about that, you know, with, I think there's a lot of, um, generational strife with okay boomers and millennials and all that stuff. And I think that, you know, we need to be kinder to each other. And, um, I disagree. (laughs) (laughs) Millennials are worse. Millennials are stupid. No, but that, I often say... I'm joking, well, by the way. Well, and I often tell you guys, like, for all the bitching that your generation does about millennials and how we're snowflakey and entitled, it's like, okay, but which generation raised us to be like that? Okay. That you, would be... Did your parents raise you to be like that? No, but <laughs> broadly speaking... I only, I only had control of my three. <laughs> um, and... But, and then on the reverse, you know, my generation with the okay boomers and things like that, it's, um, yeah, like yeah. you guys are the reason we get to be woke and things like that is so. Yeah. We'll let you. <laughs> but anyway, so I liked, I liked that element and I liked, um, cause I do think that the takeaway with her mom's story is, you know, parents and mothers and all that, they, they just can only do their best. Yeah, they're just and, doing the best they can. And, you with, know... With what they with know what, and what yeah. they have. Because there are parents who make different choices than I would make. But, you yeah. know, most people are trying to do the best they can with what they got. Yeah. And, you know, she really was in a pretty sucky situation where it's like, okay, do I stay in this relationship that is, like, possibly hazardous to my health, you know, for the sake of yeah. to have a relationship with my daughter, or do I do what is going to make me healthiest and happiest and hope that, you know, me and my daughter can come out okay in the end? And, you know... Well, and his whole thing, you know, and she couldn't divorce him because his whole thing was he would take her... Ashna away from her yeah. and never let her see her again. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it was just a, it was like a no-win situation. Yeah. Um, so honestly, it, it, I, I was not expecting to, to get this story between her and her mom, really. But I think it was kind of what I 
not enjoyed more, but I what I took the most away from, right. I think, is what I would say about that. I think it was the best fleshed out story yes. of the book. Yes. Is that fair to say? Yes. And I would agree with that. I think even I, more so than their romance. Yes. I would also agree with that. Um, okay. Let's talk about sex, baby. It's pretty closed door. They, yeah. And they do have it. Um, and it was very, yeah, kind of distantly explained, but it was very kind of sweeping and romantic the way that it happens. And, yeah. Um, I think it fit in with the tone of the story. I yeah. think um, because she was kind of a sweet, sheltered, kind of broken little thing, mm-hmm. I think it would have been weird to have it all explained in great detail. Uh-huh. So I was fine with this. Yeah. And, um, but it still was, you know, the coming together again of two people who have previously yeah. been together. So it, it still felt rewarding, I guess, in, in that respect. That's what I'll say. And I will say, I know it's based on the story persuasion, so we kind of knew going into this that it was a second chance romance. But um, And second chance romances are not always my favorite, mm-hmm. but this one I kind of could get behind, like the miscommunication and all the stuff they had pulling them apart. And so I kind of understood how it broke apart. I also think I can usually get on board with second chance romances that are between people who were kids and are now adults. Yeah. I think I I can get that better than, like... Because she was, like, 17. I don't think she was quite 18. So she was, yeah. like, 17 when they broke up. So they, like, were going out be- from, like, her 16 and 17-year-old years. Yeah. And um, so that's young. I mean, yeah. really young. And he was the same age. So he was also 16 or 17. Yeah. So, you know, you're not going to make your best choices at that age, yeah, you're going to be very influenced by what your parents are doing and saying. And, yeah. um, you know, and even with her mom's, with Shelby's um, whole thing, she was only 18. Yeah. So, um, you know, these are poor kids that are getting sucked into all this drama. Yeah. Very grown up drama. And being um, forced upon them by their parents. Yeah. And I, I think just in general... Because we've talked about how second chance is not always our favorite because sometimes it's like, maybe you guys should just stay broken up and, yeah, and right. I don't like, or like, yeah, you broke up for good reason. So let's just keep it that way. Um, but I think usually with, um, second chance from when they're from childhood sweethearts to older, um, I think I can usually, there's usually more to it than that. So yeah. I think I usually can get on board with that better. Um, what was your swooniest moment in this book? That, I was thinking about that. Um, I'm going to have, see, there's a couple. Um, I think I'm going to go with the one that I don't think you'll pick. Uh, when she was in the cooking show and having the panic attack and he Mm -hmm. was just kind of, just there he he understood he that something was wrong and so he like hands her the rolling pin for her to squeeze on he's like holding onto her back so mm-hmm. he could be there for her i think he handled that really well and i thought it was really sweet yeah i like that um the knife is good i was gonna th- i was gonna say that and i thought ellen yeah, will want that one. the knife is kind of the obvious one i'll i'll also give a shout out to um the soccer game, uh, yeah, where I was he say kind of like too. orchestrates so that he can get her 
there and you know he's and telling there's no, but there's no follow-up to that i wanted there to be some little thing blurb in the last chapter about how she was playing with these people we needed or... a little blurb that told us you know she's playing soccer again she's seeing a therapist yeah please. <laughs> we need we needed a few follow-ups with her but um but i i liked the soccer just because like when we were talking about rico earlier it's kind of demonstrating like he knows what she needs to be happy and to feel good about herself yeah and and so just kind of him trying to help her get there um let's hear what some of the listeners thought of this one okay Catherine says this book is lovely but heavier than a lot of people are looking for right now i've seen some people calling it a light rom-com which does a disservice to both the author and the reader it's the kind of book that could be a first romance novel for literary fiction readers Totally agree. The cover matches the insides, in my opinion. Agree as well. I'm curious for your thoughts on the retelling aspect of it. Book one is a gender-flipped retelling of Pride and Prejudice. Is it normal to remember your ex's shoe size after that long or, like, at all? I thought the same exact thing, Catherine. I'm like, and this happens a lot in books, but it's like, these people remember, like, Things that were said and shoe <laughs> sizes that were said in From passing. 15 years ago. Where, like, people will say things to me that I don't remember the next day. So I'm I'm always shocked. Um, yeah. And I, I totally agree with your thoughts on it being a good first novel for... A good first romance novel for literary fiction readers. I think that's kind of where I land as well. Um, Sarah says, if you think suicide, child neglect, neglect, and alcoholism make for a quote-unquote lighthearted rom-com, then I guess this book is for you. This was not as advertised. It was all right, but it wasn't what I was expecting. Um, so you're sensing a theme, right? Yeah. Emma says, I finished it a few weeks ago, so of course I've already forgotten most thoughts I had. But overall, I remember, Emma, that is why we read it. Day of. Day of. Like we're usually finishing it right before we start recording. (laughs) Um, Then she says, but overall, I remember enjoying it. I haven't read Persuasion yet. Get on that. Both of you and mom. But I have warm feelings for both the books in this series and I'm looking forward to the next one. Um, That's good to hear. I, I... I am curious about Pride, Prejudice, and other flavors, and I have been, but it's just, you know, I just haven't gotten around to it because of... We only got so much time, and and we do have so much reading. It's very true. Um, Emily says, I liked it, but I agree that it is definitely heavy. I wish they would have labeled this as something besides romance because all the family stuff just kept pulling me out. Well, and like we even said, the family drama is like a bigger part of the story than the actual romance was yes i definitely yeah i really do think this it just definitely reads more like literary fiction with some romance than it does a straight romance um cassie says i didn't have access to the back cover description of this book because i listened to the audiobook but the goodreads description refers to this as a heartwarming romantic comedy i could go on and on about how goodreads is a hot mess (laughs) but i'll just say that this book was not a comedy i wasn't prepared for a story covering so many heavy topics i haven't read pride prejudice and other flavors maybe if i had i would have known what to expect this also didn't have very much romance in it it was more of a family drama involving layers of abuse and mental health issues because of the mis 
marketing, I had conflicted feelings about this book. As a romance, I didn't feel like Ashna and Rico's present-day relationship was given enough development. As a family drama, I wish we could have seen a little more of a happy ending for Ashna's mother. It wasn't a bad book, but it should be marketed as literary fiction, not a rom-com. I think her mom got a pretty good happy ending. Yeah, I think if maybe if... Because there is a lot of time devoted to fleshing out you know her story both past and present so maybe if we had gotten more of her and omar's coming together again or maybe mm, just more of us i think i would have been good with that like to see how they got but the end scene with the four of them there together was cute yeah right. that's sweet and yeah i i but i i see right i see where cassie's coming from um, Raquel says, Persuasion by Jane Austen holds a special spot in my heart. Wentworth, the letter, sigh. I get that this is a retelling, but Recipe for Persuasion should be described as loosely inspired by persuasion. I thought it was, but maybe it's not. Um, the gist is sort of there, but there are so many other things that distract from the main story and the actual romance that it honestly felt like reading two very different books. And I think that makes it hard for me to review it. Overall, I liked this book, I think. At least I didn't dislike it or hate it. If the story had stuck to the present time, it could have been a lovely romance like the cover and book description suggested. However, I will say that I appreciated Shobi's The Mom's Story. As heartbreaking as it was, I think it's important to shed light on these issues that many women continue to face more often and in more cultures than we think. Perhaps it just would have been better to not have both stories in one single book or to not market it as a romance novel. The one thing I will say I really didn't like was the quick resolution of the conflict between mother-daughter and how they magically restored their relationship in one afternoon. Um, yeah, it does seem to get resolved. I think they had been kind of... I think there was some Build lead up, up to, to that. And I think there was stuff that took place afterwards that probably we didn't see, you know, before she went and to her award ceremony kind yeah. of thing. And I and you know she she kind of hints at I think Rico also kind of helped pave the way for well, I her think conversation with her mom. Biggest thing that helped her relationship with her mom is, and I think she knew it all along, but just wasn't letting herself do it. Was just figuring out how awful her father was. Mm -hmm. And I think once she figured out how awful she, her father was, then she realized, oh, mom probably isn't that bad because dad was horrible. It actually kind of I was thinking. <laughs> I, I've talked before about Pen15 and how we've been watching that. There's a storyline with um, one of the girls and her parents who are going through a divorce. And it really kind of reminded me of that where she's very much team dad. And then she kind of has this moment of realization like, oh, maybe my what her mom has gone maybe through. My dad isn't as, maybe my dad is not the great guy that I think he is. And maybe mom's, le you know, less at fault than I've previously thought. Um but, yes, I, yeah, I did, like, I, yeah, I'm very torn on the whole storyline with Shobi because I, I, like I said, I think that that is kind of the more rewarding storyline of the book. Um, but, yeah, as romance readers, we, we tend to not love when things take away from the romance. The romance. <laughs> 
Um, Natalie says, I really liked this book. I've seen it marketed as being comedic and it is 100% not that. But I was up for some angst and I think the tone was more in keeping with Persuasion, which is one of Austin's more mature and serious works. Uh, Northanger Abbey or Pride and Prejudice it is not correct. Um, I like modern adaptations that find ways to deviate from the original and become their own story, more loosely inspired by. So I enjoyed the way the author loosely adapted Persuasion. She kept some specific moments and a general outline, but then was really free with adding in different elements or leaving out things that didn't work. I loved both Ashna and Rico. My heart broke so many times for all the shit Ashna has had to deal with in her life, and I was rooting, rooting so hard for her to move forward and grab her happy ending. At first, I was thrown off by the inclusion of Shobi's past. I'm not sure if I needed all of Shobi's backstory, but it was very affecting, and the author did a fantastic job at drawing out Shobi's character and changing my opinion about her throughout the book. It also made me consider some wider topics, such as the progress of women's rights and how so much can be easily forgotten between generations. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, uh, yes, and I I do feel we need to say, um, I think Sonali Dove's writing is beautiful. Yeah. Like, she really, um, it's, it's very, I don't know, she, sometimes, um, you know, like we've said that I don't know that her character development was always on point, um, but her prose is beautiful and it it's interesting it did feel it felt like eating indian food which i'm (laughs) gonna say because and i think maybe just because the comparison was already there in in the book itself but um where her writing feels kind of a little foreign a little different but very rich in flavor and and things like that if that makes look at you you're such a poet thank Um, you (laughs) No, there were some lines that I highlighted just because I thought they were just really cleverly put together or yeah. um, really sweet. Or yeah. yeah, there was a lot of stuff that I really liked about her writing. Um, Lori says, I had tried to read Pride, Prejudice, and other flavors over the summer so I could get prepared to read this one when it came out. I DNF'd both. Probably great books, but not good timing for me. I agree that the marketing is off with this series, which is unfortunate. I do think I will come back around to these eventually, just not at any time real soon. Um, Miriam, finally, Miriam, she says, I thought I was going to enjoy this way more than I did. I loved the concept. I'm always up for a modern day retelling and actually prefer when they're not trying too hard to make everything match. Correct. I hated, hated the name checking of persuasion within the book itself. Why was that there? It's already in the title and everyone is following. Why mention Jane Austen and take people out of the story? I think that's just because if you, there's a, I don't know if you read it, but um, Snelly Dev has a thing where she talks about her kind of relationship with Jane Austen at the end. And I think that that's just a Jane Austen fan coming through. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's just someone who loves I thought it Jane. was kind of cute how he was the one that quoted it, how he was the one that was familiar with the story. Yeah. And... Yeah. I, I mean, I can see what you mean, Miriam, but I also don't always love when things are such a Jane Austen like retelling and it's like you're not going to call it the fact that what's happening right now is Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> it's or, exactly yeah. the same as the book. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Um, 
She said, I agree that it was a lot heavier than you would expect from the cover. I think that all sorts of issues can be written into a rom-com chiclet, but without the balance of the humor, it's just too sad. Each time they met up, I just got frustrated with the things they weren't saying. In the end, I read the second half of the book a lot quicker than the first half just to be finished. Maybe I just wasn't in the right frame of mind for this. I will probably read the first one at some stage, but I'm not in a rush. I read the second half faster too, but I think it was because I was finally on board with the story. It took me a good chunk of the beginning to get yeah. into the story. Yeah. Um, I will say about the cover, I don't have a problem with like an animated or illustrated, illustrated cover. Um, if, if For a heavy book, because I get that that's just kind of a way covers are going. Mm-hmm. But I have a bigger problem with it looking like that and then being called a, a, rom-com. a rom-com on the back and then none of that was here's what i'll say i don't want to like call out things or people or corporations um i have found that these problems we're talking about with marketing <laughs> seem to be coming from one, one per- specific publisher um so i really that's why i think it is coming from a they are trying to get romance in the hands of literary fiction readers. And that's how they're marketing it, and that's how they're selling it, and that's where they're putting it in bookstores and things like that. The problem is they're going to alienate actual romance readers. Who, I know. I are some of the biggest audience that they have, I and I think they're going to shoot themselves in the foot. Agree. And that's just me and my commentary. And, and like Catherine said, I don't have a problem. I think that the cover of this is fine. It's just the cover, like you said, coupled with that description it's I, I take more issue with the rom-com descriptor because this is not a rom-com. And maybe even if it had more calm in it, um, <laughs> yeah. I would be on board. Like if there was more instances of this being funny or more silly stuff happening while they're cooking. Like, it's or... not a diss because uh, maybe if it if there were times where I think she was trying to be and it wasn't, that would be one thing. That would be a right. different thing. But I... There just wasn't a lot of moments where I saw her trying, even trying to be funny, which is not, which is fine. But then you, you can't then describe a book as a rom-com. I would bet, and I don't know anything about the publishing business at all, other than, you know, I like their products. Well, Sonali Dev is not writing back cover description. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say, I bet this is not the author's fault. I bet this is something that came from the publisher. Yeah. And, um... So, you know, it's hard to blame her for mismarketing the yeah. book. No, no, I'm not, for right. the record. That's <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Um, okay, any final thoughts? No, I, like I said, it took me a bit to get into it, but I ended up liking it. Yeah. And um, I like the book for what it is, but what it is is not a romance, yeah. I don't think. I don't think it is. It's definitely not a rom-com. I think that this is a women's fiction or general literary fiction and that I think if it's presented that way, I think you get less people who are surprised that that's what it is. Or DNFing it because it's yes. just kind of dark in some spots. Yeah. Um, but I do want to say I did, I did like it and I liked it for what it is, but that's, so that's where I want to, yeah. I want to leave on that note. So. 
Those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on Recipe for Persuasion by Sonali Dev. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter and Instagram, which are both at Not Your Mom's Rom, our subreddit, Not Your Mom's subreddit, or you can email us at Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On November 30th, we are having our free-for-all. So a reminder that you can get in your book reports um, via our email. There's a Dropbox. Just message me and ask me how you can get it to us, and I will tell you. Um, and we want to hear from you guys on what you've been reading, what you've been liking or not liking, and all of that good stuff. So get those in. I gotta figure out what I'm going to read. Yeah. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show, and we just love to read them. All right. Thanks, Mom. You're welcome, Ellen. All right. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.